rebellion is a very unattractive trait. And I do think that in time it does physically make people, (laughs) I know this sounds kind of superficial, but it does make people less attractive when they consistently live that rebellious lifestyle. Hi, and welcome to the Biblically Centered Podcast. Hello. Episode 10. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Moving out of those single digits. Into the double digits. Yeah. That's exciting. Yes. Um, my name is Johnny Jordan. This is my wife, Danica. Hello. We're happy to be here post Thanksgiving. Yes. This is our first episode after Thanksgiving, um, at least recording after Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Um, so just real quick, hit us with our mission statement. Sure. Biblically Centered equips your family with knowledge and conversations for you to live and defend your Christian faith. Awesome. Yes. So we are moving on to Virtue I today. Yes. Um, you know, this podcast goes through the 26 virtues um, that Biblically Centered is centered around. Yes. Um, and so today, yeah, is Virtue I, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, but like I said, this is our first episode after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, I would say so. We well, hosted. What were your takeaways? Uh, my takeaways were, was food was dialed in. Yeah. Excellent. I would have put most of our food, if not all of our food against. Is wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful what following Joanna Gaines green bean casserole recipe can okay, do. Let's talk about Joanna Gaines. Okay. Cause she's <laughs> kind of a conundrum to me. I haven't Googled this. so I don't know the answer, but how, how is she a home remodeler with her husband yeah. and also is a chef who has a, enough original recipes to create an entire cookbook? I, I don't, they're probably not all original. That's what I'm saying. They're probably not all original, are they? No. They're probably just slapping her face on someone else's recipes for selling. It's like ghostwriting. I don't like it. Just I saying. don't like it. Some of them, there are stories and they are personal to her. And then some of them are like, here's a great recipe. For no, they're, this. what they did is they, they wrote a recipe book. <laughs> they sent it to her and they said, make up stories about each one of these recipes. And she's like, well, my grandfather, before he died, taught me his, <laughs> grand bean, his green bean recipe. <laughs> She doesn't have a blurb between every... Only the ones that she could come up with something. Right, but anyway, You know what I mean? It's like it's just so random to me. It's like, here's this random couple who has a good personality for TV, and her husband does remodeling stuff, so we're going to have them do a very successful remodeling TV show. And then... I feel like you might be losing some of our listeners here with sorry. us. I just... I'm just... It's just, you know... It's, it's ghostwriting. On yeah. a lot of those... It happens. It's okay. It just doesn't seem very honest. It's fine. If someone wants to So we did Joanna Gaines' <laughs> green bee casserole recipe, which is great. If someone doesn't care about selling their recipe to someone to sell, to make a profit, that's fine. Some grandmother at home with that green bean recipe is living a great life. No, right she's now. the one who lived and died by that recipe, <laughs> is that grandmother. <laughs> and she's going to go to her grave nameless. Anyways. Um, so yes, we did Joanna Gaines green bean <laughs> recipe. We had some great cornbread dressing. We had some great sweet potato casserole. That dressing, I've never had dressing like that before. Most of the time, I guess we do stuffing, which a lot of times is 
from a bag and you throw with some sauteed onions and celery and chicken stock and call it good. But yeah, this year you like, you made homemade cornbread and then you, then it had chicken and it had chicken and chicken stock of course the onions and celery um there is some a stuffing mix in there as well um there's some cream of chicken soup in on top that you bake it in yeah so kent rollins um he's a youtube chef great guy older guy do you think all of his recipes are his recipes yes um (laughs) (laughs) that recipe in particular was his mother's and he gives her credit i'm just saying joanna Gaines does credit some of those, okay. but not all. Maybe of them. I need to read her book. Yeah, I think you do. But I just, you know, just never seen this woman cook a day in her life, and then it, here you, you go. She what? has a best-selling I, I think cookbook. putting her name on recipes to me is a lot better than ghostwriters who write a whole book and then some celebrity gets to step in and take the credit for it. It's the same. It's the same thing. I don't care. To me, it's different. Recipes are different because you're thinking that that person. Is smart enough to write and a whole people book. People who are buying Joanna Gaines' book think that the, no, all the recipes. Yes, they do. They think all of those are hers? She doesn't even say that. I'm just saying. She doesn't say that. Okay, but your guy. Anyways, Kent Rollins, look him up. He's a he's a YouTube uh, cook guy. I would say chef. I don't know if you'd call him a chef. He's just country cooking. Everything he does is outdoors. And he's an older gentleman. He's a Christian guy. He prays a lot um, before he he'll eat the food that he prepares he's got these two little dogs that come in in the shot every now and again and he feeds them scraps of whatever he's making it's just fun anyways his cornbread dressing recipe is what i used and it was really really good anyways and then the dog show of course we've talked about of course which was an interesting one this year last year was amazing so i knew this year was not going to top last year last year the frenchie won which i was i always root for Mm -hmm. and this year which one won? I don't know. It was random. It was a Sealyham uh, uh, Terrier. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't know. Sealyham Terrier, which... Oh, it was that one that looked like its hair was like super like... Yeah, looks like this. Oh, see okay. him? Oh, okay. Do you see him? I see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not, not my choice, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't know. I, I still, I have zero clue what these people look for when they look at these dogs. I just like the cute They're ones. They're looking for the best, most accurate version of that type of dog, which okay. I don't know how you're supposed to have yeah. knowledge of all of those. I'm I sure all the, the dogs that made it to this level of their I'm breed sure are probably all, all yes. pretty good. So, um, you know, just finding the one that you decide is the winner is just random. But yeah, this this year was a Celium Terrier, um, which online it says it's a friendly tail wagging three-year-old male named Stash. He charmed his way to winning the 22nd annual National Dog Show presented by Purina. So he was just a charmer. That's why he won. Great Dane should have won. That thing was giant. Yeah, the Great Dane was awesome. I liked the Dalmatian. Yeah, the Dalmatian I liked the Golden Retriever. I feel like the Beagles, they just skipped over the entire show. I don't even think we got to see them. No, we didn't. So uh, <laughs> I drum at our church. You know this, but for the people at home, uh, I'm on the worship team at our church. I do know this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Sunday before Thanksgiving, you know, we were in the kind of the green room band area um, hanging out and our worship pastor asked us what we look forward to the most at Thanksgiving. We were doing kind of like a this or that. And it was the parade and dog show or football. 
And I was the only person in the whole room that selected parade and dog show. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, everyone else stared at me like I was crazy for saying Do we that. even put football on? I think we watched, or we had it on at some point, but I think no, Dallas the, played that day. Yeah, so we maybe watched some of it later, but we did, we do dinner, not lunch. So our main cooking was during that. Yeah. I like to just be able to sit and watch all the things I want to watch. Yep. So. Um... Yeah. So <laughs> lots of opportunity in Thanksgiving. You know, you have, uh, you know, a lot of the people you have either going to see family or you have family coming to see you. And yeah. there's a lot of different people in your home, a lot of different environment in your home, different, mm-hmm. you know, uh, dynamic in your home with a lot of different people. So, you know, sometimes parent or kids can feel like they have license maybe to act up a little bit, but that's why we got to bring them back to virtue. I, so you want to <laughs> go ahead and read virtue. I for us. Wow, we cut straight to that. Yes. Okay, so this is the last virtue in our how we make choices category, which have included virtues E through I. So virtue I says we intently listen to our parents and honor their God-given authority. Yeah, which... All right, and I will also continue and read our virtue definition. If there is a virtue... (laughs) that you got to repeat to your kids, maybe on a daily basis. It might be this one. Yes. Um, Virtue definitions because we love definitions. Um, So the first one is honor, which is revere, respect, um, and to treat with submission. And then obedience, which kind of pairs with that, would be compliance with the command, the performance of what is required by the authority and abstaining from what is prohibited. So this one kind of covers um, both of those. Sure does. Yeah. <laughs> Exodus twenty twelve says, <clears throat> Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And that's Exodus twenty twelve. Correct. It is the only commandment out of the Ten Commandments to contain a promise. Um which is kind of cool to think about. So yeah, it's our it's our duty as parents to train our children, and then it's their duty as children to honor their parents. Yeah. So Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your heart and pendants for your neck. And I think we kind of talked about this in last episode about... Um, like selfishness and obviously we're all inclined to self-centeredness from an early age. And I feel like sometimes it feels like maybe as children, we don't realize how much we should value our parents until it's maybe too late or until we're too old. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I knew the quote, but it's something along the lines of like, I didn't realize how much wisdom my father had until I was... I forget the quote. I'd have to look it up, but it's basically it's along the lines. It's not that you're. It's not the fact that your father and mother suddenly are now wise, but it's just now that you're older, you understand the wisdom that they had when you were a child yeah. that you just didn't have the framework to understand. Yeah. But I like that Proverbs one eight through nine, um, because like the, at least the way I take it, um, it's like you know to listen to your father and your mother. Um, and that they are a graceful garland for your head and a pendant for your neck. And so when I think about that, and I'm sure there's probably a, a richer context to, you know, that, but for me, it just kind of speaks to the fact of like, truly like people who 
honor those who have gone before them and live a life. Um, and not saying, you know, we don't want kids to get caught in the trap of just trying to do everything their parents want them. You know, like your dad wants you to be a baseball player. So you're just going to grind it out because yeah. you want to, you know, make your dad proud. That's not what we're talking about. Um, but in terms of just honoring your father and mother, mother and the way you live your life and, and like it is an attractive thing. Right. And, and I think we've seen in our world that rebellion and going against your parents, it's a very unattractive thing. Yeah. Um, and I know that especially when you're a teenager and like I, like I've said about me, um, as a teenager, I never had like any crazy, any crazy bouts of, um, rebelling or anything. Um, there still is that, that, um, temptation, especially in those years of trying to find yourself, which I feel like is what the teenage years are. Like you hit puberty and you're experiencing all these things for the first time and you're Mm -hmm. trying to, and then you're also trying to really, really framework out your worldview and your life. And you're starting to think more so about your life outside of your parents' home. And so you're kind of there. So there's a lot of transition happening there. And so the temptation is just to kind of like go, you know, haywire and try to hit all the anyways i know we've talked about that before but uh rebellion oftentimes literally i've and i don't need to give specific examples but literally i rebellion is a very unattractive trait and i do think that in time it does physically make people (laughs) i know this sounds kind of superficial but it does make people less attractive when they consistently live that rebellious lifestyle but there is something honoring there is something attractive about meeting people who are solid and knowing who they are and yet also solid in honoring and respecting their mother and father well and speaking back to when you and i first met we were in high school met johnny when i was 16 and one of the things that i liked was well you were a year and a half older so yeah that was was super cool (laughs) all black i had wristbands on my ears were pierced. Yeah. Super cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I did like was that you did respect your parents. And I asked you about your parents and you were like, oh, yeah, my parents are so cool. And you talked about them. And I was like, this is the first kind of boy or guy that like I've started talking to that thinks it's OK to talk about your parents. Like other people are like, oh, why are we going to talk about my parents? Mm. But you respected them enough to and loved them. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that other people didn't, but yeah. uh, you had come to that point of already knowing yeah. those things. Um, and and again, so that was, that was a good, that was a good um, difference between you and other right. people. Yeah. Well, and it's not to say that I never had conflict in the home with my parents. I mean, there's definitely differences in opinion. Yeah. Um, and my mom and dad have different personalities as well. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely conflict, but, um, yeah, just, and I think this verse truly about, um, honoring your mother and father is just kind of always stuck with me. And so even mm-hmm. through the, the hard times or the thick and the thin, like I just, you know, I just always felt like I've maintained a respect and a healthy mm-hmm. relationship with my parents. So when I think what you said earlier too, it's not about being like authoritative or dictatorship. That's not ultimately what parenting is, even though sometimes it feels like it has to be but um the point of these biblical virtues is that our family is following them together and so if the parents are following these virtues 
then you're leading and you're guiding with your God-given authority is going to be much different than just we're parents and we're in authority. Right. You're going to be guiding and leading with these virtues, which make you more like Christ, which makes it easier and I think better for your children to listen yeah. um, because you're not speaking from just you and your self-centeredness as a parent. You're speaking from representing Christ. And that's what we want to yeah. do. So um, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I know we've talked about Proverbs mm-hmm. before. They're not more, they're not promises per se, but they're more, if you do this, this is more likely to happen. Right. So obviously if you train your child up in the way they should go, then they are more likely not to depart. And so a lot about the virtues that we have written, it's not just we just wrote, we didn't just write 26 sentences and stuck Bible verses with them. They've been elaborated. We have apologetic statements and Socratic questions to go with them to really foster these in your children. So you're not just learning. I I intently listen to my parents and honor their God-given authority. They're learning what does honor mean? What does God-given authority mean? And how... They're learning to grasp bigger concepts than just this is what we believe, Um, which in turn is training them. Training them isn't a one and done. Training them is a consistent over time, uh, layer by layer thing. Yeah. And I know we haven't officially given biblically centered a a verse, you know, of like the verse. But I feel like Proverbs 22, 6 is kind of like the verse for me, like. This was the one that kind of started getting the wheels turning of like, what does it mean to train up a child? Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, we've had the conversation on this podcast and together and in our curriculum and stuff about just the fact that um, taking your kid to church on Sunday is not training them. Right. There is immeasurable amounts of benefits to being committed to a church family, but it does not take the mantle of training your child Right. That is on, that's on the parents. And, um, and so it's just important for us. And that's why we developed biblically centered is that we wanted to give ourselves the resources and the roadmap and, the um, I guess the navigation system to really consistently be training our kids up in the ways of Christ, but specifically on specific things, you know, and really instilling in them the why behind these things that we believe as a family. So when our pastor last Sunday talked about, you know, if you could have, if you could lay out maybe a map or something and print out all of your calendar and where you're spending your money and all of those things, like would that actually point to training your child to Christ or would that point to training them to baseball or training them to this or you know, what, what is your time and money centered around? Because that is ultimately the priorities that your family and your children will recognize. So what we are trying to do is say we are biblically centering um, our family. And that's what the majority of our calendar and our budget and our time is spent around. Yeah. And again, I don't want it to feel like we're being a dead horse, but I I don't know who's listening to this and if this is their first episode, but just to re continue to reiterate the importance that you have to make these things priority in your family and you have to make 
your relationship in your church a priority in your family. You know, it's just, it's, it's common these days with especially how much opportunity there is for children and how much pressure there is on parents to feel like they need to make sure their kids quote unquote succeed in something to get them involved in all of the activities, overbook their schedules. Um, and then you, and then people will kind of treat Sunday as like an off day. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, we might go to church. Um, and it's, and it's, it's flipped from what it should be because there is benefit to having your kids involved in extracurricular. Obviously that's a great thing. Um, and the interest that they have, yeah. like, you know, whatever it is, music, sports, theater, um, underwater basket weaving, whatever, <laughs> whatever kids are into these days, uh, like, you know, foster those interests in them because right. those are, you know, for all we know, those are most likely gifts from God that they're right. wanting to develop. Um, but your, your faith and your, and your, and the church you're a part of and your community of faith should be the hub right. that your life is revolving around, not the outskirt that you might be able to fit into your schedule if there's not a tournament that weekend or if we don't, you know, have this activity. Well, this if you weekend. think about, I mean, activities are great and they do a lot of benefits. That's, we're not saying don't do those things, but what will you have for the rest of your life? You will have your faith for the rest of your life. Yeah. So that is what should be the big pillar that we're building in our lives and in our children. Whereas like if your child was so wrapped up in basketball and then, God forbid something happens, they break a leg or an arm, and now that uh, that priority in their world is taken away. Yeah, you just think about what is that going to do to them? What is that going to do to your family? Because now you're like, uh, we've lost the thing that we're all centered around all week. Like right. that's what we always do. Whereas if it's in the context of God is our pillar, then it's like you know what, this happened and it's going to be a challenge. But with God, we can get through it. And maybe this is an opportunity for something else. Like you're able to reposition, I think, easier when things do happen because your life is centered around something more important mm. than those activities. Yeah. Again, activities are great. Love activities. Get your kid. Get their energy out in activities yep. and making friends and teamwork and all those things, which they do. I mean, they play into because um, one of our virtues is we practice using our gifts diligently. Mm. So we we want to foster those things, but under the context of the bigger pillar right. of honoring Christ. So um, can I say one more thing? Real yes. quick? Sorry. I saw a uh, from a pastor that we know from Tulsa. Um, he was the pastor of the church we were part of when we were there. But anyways, he, they had a posted a reel, I think, on their Instagram of a of a little snippet of a sermon. Um, but it was good cause he was talking about, you know, like statistically there's not really a difference in the world and the church in terms of divorce rates, but like there is, a w- like what we talked about, like committing to your church and being actively involved in your church and, and community that is church. But you know, there's plenty of people who maybe attend church once a month, once a quarter, but they're still considered these in, you know what I mean? In those divorce rates of, right. Correct. So okay. I think it's a, a little bit of a skewed because like if you're in a church like that church, for instance, very culture heavy, um, like very community heavy, like a lot of the people who are there have been there for a long time and are very, very intertwined in each other's lives. Um, they put a very high premium on like being like not missing church, right. you know, like 
do not let Sunday, other things Wednesday, on your calendar become yes. a priority over church. Like be involved, be involved with the families in the church, like really commit to this. It's like, and it's like when you're in that kind of environment, the divorce rates plummet. Essentially disappear, yeah. Not to say it can't happen or it won't right. happen to someone, but when you're talking about statistics, like when you're really, really committed in, in that, like that, that type of community, that type of insulation, that type of environment really can foster health and accountability in your marriage that right. might not be there otherwise. Yes. So if you're kind of just one of these families I've that you want to honor God, but you're kind of just here hit and miss, not really committed. Your kids aren't really involved much in church and you're kind of in church, but you're kind of not like you're just not giving yourself the right framework to have the appropriate relationships and accountability in your marriage to maintain a healthy marriage. Not to say that this is not a marriage podcast. I know it's more <laughs> geared towards parenting and, and spiritual development, but you know, well, you have you to have a strong marriage to have strong kids. Yes. Well, well, I'll take that back. You don't have to, because there's plenty of different situations, but in the ideal setting, if you're a husband and wife who are married, raising children, like you need to have the priority of your marriage being a, right. a, uh, like the focus because if your marriage is healthy, then you'll be able to be in a healthy state to be in the same page to raise your kids. Yes. Well, I think, um, and kind of to speak to that statistic and stuff, cause I have heard that because you know, anyone can mark off the box of, yeah, like I'm we're, in the we're USA, Christian. we're yeah. a Christian, you know, which, but when you look at anything like that, like in church and not, I'm sure you could split it half, 50-50 for whether or not your child follows or not or does this or you know but obviously what they're saying is if you mark the box I go to church every time the doors are open then those numbers dramatically change yeah. and so those are going to change for your child as well um, if they're in church all the time then obviously um, their priorities they're not going to view things as maybe hypocritically as if you just kind of go whenever and yeah. this is kind of who we are. Uh, but if it's your whole life, then you'll be living it and they'll be seeing it. Right. Yeah. Proverbs six twenty two through 20, 20 through 22. Sorry. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart. Always tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Um, that kind of reiterates again in that Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 um, of just both your parents um, to keep what they've told you. And so, um, anyways, I mean, there's safety in that. There's safety in being raised in a family that is committed, that is teaching you the way to go. Obviously, that does insulate you and... Um, helps your faith in a way that um, would otherwise be compromised. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it says when you walk, when you lie down, they will watch over you. So just, um, yeah, our, our children are always listening and they're always seeing. I think, what is it? It's um, more ca caught than taught. Correct. And so we want to be giving them things to catch yeah. Um, and so living our life according to um, Christ and biblical virtue is obviously a way for them to see that 
and to see how to walk through mm-hmm. um, life with those things. And I know it's hard. Um, and again, I keep trying to put myself back as best as I can, remembering how I viewed these topics as a kid and as a teenager, but just the importance of honoring your father and mother. It's not like, it's something that can bring joy mm-hmm. to your life, fulfillment to your life. Um, you know, Jesus had great joy obeying his father, um, even in opposition. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's not always, it's not always fun to honor your mother and father, but it does, it really does provide a certain sense of health into your, your relationships and your, and your spiritual health, especially as our kids continue to get older and start to really, because we kind of have the, you know, all of our kids are relatively young. Our oldest is seven currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're still kind of, our oldest is kind of starting to get more into a phase of asking some better questions and thinking a little bit more thoroughly and long-term about some of the things we believe and stuff. But it's just important for you as parents just to be prepared to have those conversations with your kids because they're going to have a lot of questions about a lot of stuff in the faith. And so, yeah, and I guess I can plug our, our virtue curriculum because, you know, we really believe that our virtue curriculum is a great resource to give parents, um, the correct tools to really be able to navigate those conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not to say that you have to know the right answer all the time because I, I don't know all the right answers all the time, but how you were res- you sure about that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how you respond in those moments of, you know, they're asking because it's important to them. And so you want it to be important to you. And mm-hmm. so your response maybe doesn't have to be like, I don't know, but your response could be, Hey, you know what? That is a great question. Let's go find that out. Yeah. Um, which there are a ton of great resources. I know, um, like I have an old Bible dictionary that I got from an estate sale, a lot of old, um, just Bible storybooks and things where anyways, it's a lot of great information. If they ask who is this or what was this or what does this mean? You know, just make sure you have some of those resources. And if you don't have them now, that's fine. But when they ask that question, don't shut it down. But right. say, I would love to talk to you about this. Let me figure out what I need to get. Mm-hmm. Um, Natasha Crane has a lot of great books um, covering. She's got one, 40 questions to go with your kids about God, 40 questions about Jesus. Um, she's got a lot of really great ones with just kind of a lot of those random questions that kids will ask that right. you're like, ah, and you don't want to say yeah. the wrong thing or get tripped up. Um, that are very concise just for you to kind of let's talk about it. Right. Um, and there is an aspect of that. It's kind of like a, it's not a this or that it's a both and scenario yeah. where it's like, cause we do believe also that the Holy spirit will give you, Correct. um, you know, the right things to say or the right direction to take in a conversation. Yeah. But don't just full, you know, solely rely on that and then not be filling yourself with the, with the word also, because oftentimes when the Holy Spirit gives us the words to say, if you have the word hidden in your heart, then yeah. the, so oftentimes the words that get brought up will be scripture. Yeah. Um, and the scripture is truth Yeah. and it's not subject to your own, um, whims, but, um, so it's a both and scenario. It's not like, well, should I only rely on text and only rely on books and, and people who've gone before me? Or should I just, you know, see what the Holy Spirit wants me to say? It's do yeah. both prepare yeah. for both. Um, yes. So to just kind of end on something to think about is how do you view your parenting? Do you view it as ownership or being an ambassador? And so this, um, I believe 
I read about this in um, the Paul David Tripp's parenting book. So he defines ownership as what we want for our children and from our children. Um, as in our children don't actually belong to us. They're God's possessions for his purpose. Um, and then being an ambassador is faithfully representing the message, methods, and character of the leader who has sent him. What does God in his grace have planned to do through us in our children? So, I mean, they're both, I think, aspects that we need to have. But ultimately, as parents, we are ambassadors showing them who God is. And I think we kind of talked about that in the last podcast about creating God-reliant, God-sufficient children, not self-reliant, self-sufficient. So it's kind of that whole idea is we don't want to treat this as like, I own you, you are mine. Mm -hmm. They are our children, but God has graciously given them to us. So how are we as ambassadors leading them towards the one who is actually over their life? Right. You know, and us being ambassadors too, like we're ambassadors of Christ. So we are coming to our children representing Christ. Um, and we've made, you know, we've made this point about like, especially when your kids are young, like you are the Jesus that they see. Yeah. So it's important that you are an ambassador of that and representing Christ well. And then also stewarding your kids wisely and um, developing in the, th- in, in the things of the faith so that their influence can be multiplied in yeah. the earth. Um and, you know, because we truly believe like, every, you know, God has a purpose for us and for our children. The best thing we can do is, as parents is to try to help our kids find that purpose. You know, the best way to do that is just to really be intentional um, and thoughtful in our approach with our kids when it comes to their faith and their spiritual development. And I know it's frustrating at times, but just trust the process, trust that you're putting in the work, honoring God and your approach with your children. And like, just like it says in Proverbs that like you're training them up in the way they should go. And, um, even when you feel discouraged, if things aren't going how you think they should, or maybe there's a specific challenge in front of you that you're facing, like just stay, stay in it, stay committed. And, and we believe that, um, your parent, your kids will see that and they'll, um, and they'll honor you and they'll come back. So another aspect in just thinking through that, being an ambassador means you're on the behalf of someone else, which means in my mind, it's easier to admit mistakes because you're just sort of this vehicle that is going back and forth. Whereas if you are the owner, you know, if you own something or you're over a business or something, and if you make a mistake, that's almost a lot of times harder to admit because then it's like, Oh, that's being in my character. So, um, maybe, maybe in your viewing that you'll be able to take weight off of yourself and then be able to point like I made this mistake, but this is not representative of God. Mm-hmm. And that will be easier to sort of show your children. than you are the, it, the be all, and then you let them down yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, Random last thought. It was a good last thought. Thank you. Um, let's see. Visit biblicallycenter.com. Yes. It's kind of been updated, mm-hmm. I think, since Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's we have a lot of um, great stuff on there. Our merch store is now up and on there as a tab. Go check out. Buy some fun biblically centered merch. Yeah. 
And then we also have a few new resources on our resources tab mm. to kind of prepare some free ones, some free ones yeah. to prepare for um, our curriculum, which is really close. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And now we're leading into the Christmas season. So it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have a Christmas episode coming up. Yes. Which will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> be ready for that. Woo-hoo. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you all next time. Bye.